I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here once again on a, uh, I was going to say a beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in the state of Iowa. It wasn't a beautiful Wednesday morning. I don't know if uh, if you guys are as affected by the weather as, as I seem to be, but when you wake up and it's snow in April, it doesn't feel great, especially when you spent the weekend outside in the 60s and you're expecting another weekend uh, of decent weather coming up. So uh, spring is just keeping uh, – it just keeps staying further and further away from us, but um, it is what it is, and uh, and I will survive as, as will all of you. So I appreciate you listening. Uh, going to be an interesting uh, show today, I guess, because – I just want to talk through uh, some of this basketball stuff uh, on my own here and, and kind of really get my thoughts out, uh, get my perspective out. It's it's one that uh, I'm sure many people share, but I haven't heard a lot of in, in the media I've consumed over the last, uh, certainly this week, few days, uh, but really over the last couple of weeks with kind of the state of Iowa's program and, and the direction it's headed and how we feel about all of this and uh, what what is next and what needs to happen next and what do we want to see next and um, where everything is. And so I'm going to just kind of opine on that here for a while. So I don't know how long this podcast will be as I sit here uh, to start recording it, but um, I, I love your feedback. I don't get a lot of feedback, uh, and I don't I don't ask for a lot of feedback, but I'd love your feedback, uh, certainly on this this topic, this basketball topic, and uh, kind of how I feel about it. You can hit me up at Andrew C Downs on Twitter, also at Hawkeye Nation on Twitter. I will see that if you uh, if you tweeted us there. For the most part, I'll see that. Um, I don't always see everything on on that one, but um, Andrew C Downs on Twitter. So so hit me up, but. Obviously, the the big news this week uh, started to—I mean, really, we started to hear rumors of it a while back. I saw things um, as soon as the season ended that Kentucky radio stations and, you know, people who follow the Kentucky program were whispering about a possible transfer coming in and uh, kind of reading between the lines. I'm not sure C.J. Frederick's name was ever thrown out there officially, but you could tell that's who they were talking about. And honestly, I thought enough time had passed that I had kind of stopped worrying about it. And as we played Fran McCaffrey's press conference from a week or two ago, and he was asked about C.J. Frederick and and his health and how he was doing, and he said, you know, he's chomping at the bit to get back out there and uh, didn't need surgery. And you could tell Fran at that point expected C.J. to be a part of this program moving forward. 
so I was I was there with him. I I had kind of uh, stopped worrying about this happening, and uh, and you know I didn't think it made a whole lot of sense anyway for it to happen originally. But then obviously Sunday uh, starts to come out. Sunday night it's it's uh, reported by our own Rob Howe along with other people. And then Monday morning C.J. Frederick's name, sure enough, lands in the transfer portal. And Tuesday afternoon, sure enough, Kentucky has been in contact with him. Um, why didn't I think this made sense for C.J. Frederick? And honestly for Kentucky, it's because... I'm not sure what he looks like in that system. I don't know enough about Kentucky basketball. I don't know enough about their roster, uh, what they have coming back, what they have coming in. But I would guess they have a lot of good players coming back and coming in. They weren't good last year, but I would imagine they've got some one-and-done type freshmen or guys who see themselves that way, some you know McDonald's All-Americans, some top 100 players, all of those things. And so I, I look at that and I see – and I'm – I'm going to try really hard not to say anything I, I, I wouldn't want said about C.J. Frederick because I guess I should just start there. I like C.J. Frederick a lot. I think he's a good basketball player, and good for him if this is what he wants and if this is what's better for his life and his basketball career, I wish him the best. Good for him. He was a good player at Iowa, seemed like a good teammate, hit some big shots, some fun shots, some important shots. He played a lot of important minutes. I really enjoyed him as a Hawkeye, and so and, and that's not going to change. I don't, I don't hate C.J. Frederick. I don't dislike C.J. Frederick. I don't even... Like, uh, think he's doing the wrong thing. If this is what he wants to do, this is what he should do. And I'm totally on the side of allowing players to make these types of moves. Uh, I, I think that if, if they want to go somewhere else to better their career, to better their situation for whatever reason, whether it's off the court, on the court, social, familial, whatever it is, they should have that option. And so I'm glad he has that option. And if this is what's best for him, I'm glad that he's exercising that option. And I wish him the best. I hope he goes to, to Kentucky and does well there and has a good career and gets everything out of it that he wants to get. And I hope Iowa does great also. I hope it's good for everybody. I don't know that C.J. Frederick is the type of player at Kentucky that he would have been at Iowa. And so, again, just on the floor, not knowing his situation. I don't know C.J. Frederick at all. I've never talked to him, never talked to any members of his family. Uh, I, I don't know anything about him other than what we all know. I do know he would have been a key part of Iowa's team next season. And, and an Iowa team that I think is probably a, a bubble-type NCAA tournament team, a, a top half of the Big Ten type team with C.J. Frederick and Keegan Murray and Joe Toussaint, maybe Jordan Bohannon, uh, Patrick McCaffrey and, you know, Ulis and Perkins and Agundale, the guys we saw last year and the guys coming in, Riley Mulvey and whoever, Rebracca or whoever else comes in off the transfer portal. I think that C.J. Frederick... Um, I guess you know, throw Wieskamp in there until he declares. I think, short of Wieskamp coming back, C.J. Frederick is is the number one, certainly the number one guard, the number one three point option, and probably the number one overall scoring option. Although Keegan Murray would likely compete with him for that. C.J. Frederick is a bundle of potential. We all see it. We've all seen it. We know how good he can be. And I think we feel like we know how good uh, he he is when he's healthy and when he's playing well. We didn't get to see him a whole lot in those situations. When we did, it was fantastic. Uh, it just 
just n- didn't materialize often enough. He was injured a lot. Uh, he he played hurt, which was great, but he was he was hurt a lot uh, down the stretch of this season. He didn't make big impacts on a lot of games statistically. Now I said several times on post game podcasts on instant reactions, and and I'm not going to you know try to rewrite history and say that I didn't. Uh, I felt like him being in the starting lineup, him being on the floor, even when he wasn't contributing statistically, uh, making making shots, throwing assists, uh, getting rebounds, even when he wasn't doing those things, I felt like his presence on the floor was a positive overall for Iowa. I liked him being out there. I felt better when he was out there, again, even when he wasn't scoring at a high clip, which he really didn't do much of this year. But it's not... It's not like he was scoring 20 points a game. I think he had that potential, and I would have liked to have seen him in a Hawkeye uniform try to do that this year as one of the main pieces, if not the main piece of the team. Uh, I don't know what he is at Kentucky. I find it hard to believe that he will play a bigger role at Kentucky than he would have played at Iowa over the next couple of seasons. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe Calipari sees something in him, sees a a fit in his system, uh, sees some potential that... That we haven't seen. John Calipari certainly knows basketball better than I do. So uh, if if that's where CJ ends up going, and I think I'm at least going to work under the assumption that that's what's going to happen, um, I just don't see how this improves him as a basketball player or his prospects to kind of get to the next level, to make a name for himself, um, to be shown on national TV. Does it give him a better a better chance to get to a Final Four, win a national championship? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right? Um, as bad as Kentucky was last year, that's a program with a coach who can reload really quickly. And so uh, if, if, the, if those are the things he wanted, if that's the reason this happened, then so be it. Maybe he saw that Iowa can't get past the second round of the tournament. And he looks looks at who he has around him now that there have been some key departures. He looks at what's coming in um, from a recruiting standpoint and decides, hey, and maybe just looks at Fran McCaffrey and says, this guy can't get me there to where I want to be, and so I'm going to go somewhere where, where it can. Again, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with C.J. Frederick making this decision. I hope it was made above board. I hope it was made above water. I hope it was made... Uh, with his best interests at heart from all parties. I can't lie, obviously there's there's bad blood now between the Iowa program and C.J. Frederick and the Frederick family. Uh, from the outside looking in, and I look at everything with my black and gold colored glasses, as I'm sure a lot of you do, a lot of that bad blood seems to fall on C.J. and the Frederick family for how this was handled. Obviously, I was upset about this. And I say that because they didn't put out a press release. There were no quotes from Fran McCaffrey. There were no quotes from C.J. Frederick, as there have been in in just about every transfer. John Miller at Hawkeye Podcast put together, I think, the last eight guys who transferred out of the program and the press releases that that accompanied those moves. And they almost all had quotes from Fran McCaffrey, quotes from the player. Talking about thank, thanking him, the player for for the service, thanking uh, a lot of times they had quotes from the player thanking Coach McCaffrey and the Iowa program and the assistant coaches and their their teammates and their their fans um, for for the opportunity. That didn't happen this time. There wasn't a press release. There was a one sentence tweet. 
CJ Frederick has entered the transfer portal. I don't I don't think that's the sentence, but it's more or less that's what the sen- sentence was. Then Tuesday afternoon, you have the the official Hawkeye compliance Twitter account retweeting a uh, an NCAA account which was um, uh, announcing some sanctions, I guess, on Youngstown State's football team. And the Hawkeye uh, compliance account says, "Hey, this is just a good reminder that all athletes uh, cannot be contacted by a school until they are officially in the transfer portal." There's no need to read between the lines too much on that. Obviously, they're talking about C.J. Frederick. And obviously, there's a thought within the program and within the university that there was some tampering going on here. And I think some of this goes back to C.J.'s uncle. There are screenshots from Facebook back in March, I think, when uh, Kentucky had lost the game and they were floundering and fans were upset uh, about the season. And, And Joe Frederick goes on Facebook and comments that, hey, don't worry, help is on the way. Well, that's like a month and a half, maybe more, before CJ enters the transfer portal. Did CJ know he was going to go to Kentucky? Did he know he was leaving Iowa? I guess the Kentucky piece isn't even the important piece, right? I guess it is for the NCAA. It is if there's tampering. It is if there's back-channeling and some some kind of ugly stuff, but... That's what happens. That's what's going to happen. That is reality of college basketball. This stuff happens. I don't know if Fran and his staff do this. I don't know the ways that they are able to get around this, if if any. Um, but there are ways to contact a player and do it, a, you know, legally in air quotes. Um, maybe not ethically, but legally. There are ways to get to these guys. I mean, hell, I've, I've, I've talked to Jordan Bohannon by DMing him on Twitter, right? So, like, there are ways to get to these guys through back channels, through other, other ways. And there are ways to do it that, again, are by the letter of the NCAA law legal. Did that happen? I don't know. Was it tampering? I don't know. Will we ever know? I'm not sure. But if C.J. Frederick knew at any point before Sunday that he wasn't coming back to Iowa— that's a conversation that needed to be had with Fran McCaffrey, with his teammates. If he knew already, what was he waiting for? Was he waiting to make sure that Kentucky offer was there? I don't know. You have to assume that he had a good sense that he was going to get picked up by somebody better than Iowa or a situation that he liked better than Iowa, whether that be... You know, joining Jack Nungie at Xavier in Cincinnati, his hometown. Or just getting closer to home for whatever reason. I mean, if CJ says he grew up wanting to be a Kentucky Wildcat and now he got the opportunity, which he you know may not have had out of high school, again, more power to him. I don't have any beef with CJ Frederick doing what he thinks is best for him. I don't like the way it was handled. And obviously, Iowa doesn't like the way it was handled. Uh, and that, that really speaks volumes that that Iowa has kind of gone this hard at this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You see why Fran hates the transfer portal. Um, He called it awful a week or two ago. But this is the new world of college hoops. You have to be able to embrace it as much as you can. I will say, Fran's public comments on the transfer portal... I mean, he talked it, it, the the little quote of him saying it's awful, kind of how he reacted initially. It's awful. Uh, it's played a lot and talked about a lot without putting the context of like the next ninety seconds where Fran talked about uh, how he he wants guys to have these opportunities, how he was a transfer himself uh, when he was a college player and found a better situation. Fran doesn't like the the one-time transfer rule, the no-penalty transfer. That's fine. He didn't have to like it. He better start embracing it, and I think he will. He understands that. He's not a dumb guy. He's got people around him. He knows. He's got kids on the team. He's got kids in, these, in this world. Uh, he knows. I find it hard to believe that some recruit or some kid in the transfer portal, some player – Heard Fran McCaffrey, first of all, even knows Fran McCaffrey uttered those words, right? Were, were they watching the Zoom press conference for Fran McCaffrey? And are they listening to local sports talk radio? Do they follow guys like me on Twitter? I doubt it. So I doubt most of them even know that this is how Fran feels. And I would imagine none of them care that this is Fran, how Fran feels. Um... I can't imagine Iowa reaching out to a kid in the transfer portal and the kid saying, well, you know, you said this this portal is awful, so I'm not even going to consider your school. That just doesn't seem realistic to me. It, it's, it feels like a an easy way for guys in my industry to uh, turn what he said and into uh, a, a shot at him. Um, to Keith Murphy's credit, he said several times, this week that you know it's this double standard that we have in the media where we want guys to be honest we want coaches to be honest when they're not honest and when they give us platitudes and they give us cliches we call them out on it and then when they are honest we call them out on on being honest so um i'm i'd rather have fran be honest and i just really don't think that him saying he doesn't like the transfer portal is something that's going to affect recruiting or getting guys from the transfer portal i just don't i don't believe that I don't think these guys care. I don't know why they would. Uh, I get why you might care. I get why I might care. I get why Hawkeye fans and and people in the media might care because if Fran isn't able to embrace the transfer portal, it's going to be a bad thing for Iowa. He's going to have to, especially this year, find a way to, to love this thing that he hates or at least play with it as though he loves it, play within it as though it's a good thing, because it could be a good thing for Iowa this year. Iowa needs some players. There are a lot of players in the transfer portal. The Hawkeyes are coming off their best season in 30 years. This feels like a good time to get transfers in. You just developed a an unwanted big man into the two-time Big Ten Player of the Year, the National Player of the Year, and a guy who was, you know, sold a an NFT that's not what it's called. Whatever it is, non-fungible. Yeah, NFT. Wow, I'm smarter than I thought I was. I'm hipper than I thought I was. Um, for $40,000, right? Like, if you're a big man, Fran McCaffrey and the Iowa Hawkeyes seems like a, a a good place to be. If you're a guard right now, a shooting guard, 
a guy who could can hit threes, Iowa seems like a good place to be. I think there's this rush to react to everything. There's still well over a thousand guys in the transfer portal. Iowa will get guys to come. I don't know who and I don't know when. I hope it's soon and I hope they're good. But to 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 kind of pretend like a Fran's not going to use the transfer portal because he doesn't like it, or b that Iowa is just kind of stuck with the roster that they have right now, which isn't terrible, by the way, uh, and and there's no help coming, I think both of those things are, are foolish. I think they're, they're, it's a rush to react to things, um, and I think part of it is what's happening in Ames. And we'll get to that in a minute. Fran, why doesn't he like the transfer portal? Well, there's there's a lot of reasons. It's it's new. It's different. It's a new age in college basketball. He's an older guy. I I would imagine that's that's a part of it. Fran has made a career on finding the diamonds in the rough, developing those guys, and making a team out of them. That's going to be harder when it's easier to transfer. He did it with C.J. Frederick. Pulled that guy out of Cincinnati when nobody wanted him. Now, Frederick had a great senior season, Gatorade Player of the Year in in Kentucky, won the Kentucky State Championship, and I'm sure got a lot of good offers after that. But Fran had offered him before, and he came here as a walk-on. He came to Iowa as a walk-on. Now, he got a scholarship right away, never played as a walk-on or anything like that, but he... Why did he want to come to Iowa so badly? I have a feeling part of it is because Fran McCaffrey saw something in him that a lot of other coaches didn't. It's why you've heard Luca Garza sing Fran's praises, changed his life, changed his family's life. Thank thank him for sticking with him, for finding him, for developing him. You've heard Jordan Bohannon do the same thing. Hey, Wisconsin didn't want me. Other schools didn't want me. People didn't think I was a Big Ten caliber player. Fran brought me in. And J-Bo is a handful of threes away from the Big Ten all-time three-point record. He set school records for three points, three-pointers at Iowa, assists at Iowa, went to the NCAA tournament a few times, and uh, has a chance to come back and, and you know put, put some more on his legacy as a Hawkeye. So Fran develops guys. That's what he does. He finds guys who other people have passed on, who other people have overlooked. He's a great talent evaluator. He is. I don't think there's any way you can deny that. We can talk about Fran McCaffrey's downfalls as a coach, uh, in-game strategy, adjustments, timeouts, his stubbornness to put a guy in with two fouls in the first half, things like that. We, we can discuss that all day. I don't think you can question his talent evaluation skills. He is one of the best. That's going to hurt him. That's not going to hurt him. The transfer portal is going to hurt that aspect of his coaching ability because you bring guys in, you show the world that they can play, and then the world wants them on their team. So expect Iowa to lose more players, not this year hopefully, but in in the future. Expect to have some freshmen come in, look good, get excited about them, get hyped about them. You know, foresee their three or four years in a Hawkeye uniform and all the things that could happen and then get the rug pulled out from under you. It's going to happen. This is the new world of college hoops.
you hope that we can pull some of those guys in then too, right? Um, and as bad as this probably sounds, uh, the mid-majors are going to become kind of a feeder program for the Power 5 schools. And so can I will pull a Yesifu out of Drake like Kansas did this year? Can they pull a Robbins out of Drake like Minnesota did a year ago? Uh, can they, you know, can, can you get UNI's best player to come play his last season or two as a Hawkeye? Loyola. There's a lot of good mid-major teams in the Midwest, man. A lot of good lower-level teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Iowa obviously needs to work in, in the transfer portal, and I think I think they'll be able to do that. I just don't I don't I don't take Fran's comment that he's not happy about it, that he's not going to do it, or that guys that that he doesn't care, he doesn't understand, he does understand. Um, but you need some players right now. You need to get somebody, and I, and I think we need good news quickly here. You need to get Philip Rebrecca, Rebrecca, Rebrecca from North Dakota. I'll know how to say his name when he gets into a Hawkeye uniform. Don't worry about it. A big guy from North Dakota seems to fit the style, seems to fit the program. Um, seems like I was in a good position with him, but by all accounts, Matt Bain from the Des Moines Register has been reporting that Rebecca's close to making a decision that I was pretty well positioned. That's a big one. Um, you, you need to get him. You got Riley Mulvey coming in. He reclassified out of New York. Uh, reclassified to the class of 21. He's another big guy coming in. I don't know how much you can expect from him as a freshman. Probably not a lot. So, Rebecca probably becomes your your number one big guy if he comes in with a Gundele uh, behind him. And we'll see after that. We'll see if Iowa can snag another big guy out of the portal. We'll see how many scholarships Iowa has to fill. We don't even know that yet. There's a couple of guys, J-Bo and Wieskamp, who haven't made a decision yet. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this team gets put together and who I was able to get out of the transfer market. But hold off on judging what you think this team is going to be next year until you see what this team is next year, right? Um, And I don't mean until they start playing games. One of the things we do in my line of work is talk about the future and predict things that that are to come. And, you know, by all means, do that all you want, but... We don't know what this roster is going to look like yet for next season. I think we'll know in the next few weeks. And hopefully we'll get some really good news over the next few weeks and and some exciting news and some guys that we can really kind of get behind. We've seen, again, up in Ames, what what that kind of momentum does to a fan base. And so I think Iowa needs that. I'm not down on this team. I don't think this team is terrible, even as it's currently constructed. And I'm certainly not down on Fran McCaffrey or this program and the future of this program. I feel like a lot of that talk is way premature. Again, we don't know what else is coming in, but even the guys that we do have, I like. Do I wish C.J. Frederick was going to play next year? Sure, absolutely, of course. Do I wish Jack Dungey was going to be a Hawkeye next season? Yes, absolutely, of course. Am I? Do I think I was going to be awful next season because those two guys aren't going to be there? No. No, I don't. Keegan Murray this week in, in ESPN's mock draft for 2022 is a first-round draft pick. That tells you not just what he did as a freshman, but what they expect him to do as a sophomore. And if he plays himself into a first-round draft pick after his second year at Iowa, his second year is going to be pretty damn good. And Iowa may not be great, and they may not make the tournament, but Keegan Murray is going to have a hell of a year if he's going to be a first-round draft pick a year from now. 
And I'm excited to see that. So who's Iowa starting five next year? As we sit here today with an incomplete roster and an imperfect understanding of what this team is going to look like, let's assume that Joe Wieskamp goes pro. Let's assume that Jordan Bohannon does not. I don't know where Jabo's head is at. I wish the name, image, likeness thing had passed in Iowa. He's still going to fight that fight, and, and good for him for doing that. But you have Iowa starting five next year is Joe Toussaint at point guard. And then you have Jordan Bohannon maybe at the two guard. If not him, Tony Perkins. Connor McCaffrey will be in there somewhere, likely not a starter. Fran says he'll be ready to go start of the season. I'm just not sure what his value to the team is when he is when when you've lost Luca Garza and Connor is not a scoring threat and the feeding the post becomes less important. You got Keegan Murray at the three, Patrick McCaffrey at the four, and somebody at the five. Rebecca, Agundale, Chris Murray. Then you've got Ulis, Agundale, Chris Murray, those guys off the bench. And, ho- again, hopefully, definitely some pieces coming in that we don't know about. Again, this Riley Mulvey will be on the team next year. Will he get some minutes? Maybe. Just a lot unknown. I do this to kind of calm everything down a little bit. If you're not in Des Moines, you may not be inundated with this as much as as we are here in central Iowa where Iowa State is uh, gets equal coverage on in in our media. Right rightfully or wrongfully so. Don't come at me with Iowa State is better than Iowa right now. I I do not believe that. I will not believe that. You can't win that argument with me. Do they have momentum? Yeah, sure. Of course they do. They fired their coach. They didn't win a game in the Big 12 last year. They went 2-22 and 22 or something like that. They had two straight seasons where they lost 20 or more games. They were an awful, awful, awful basketball team a year ago. And they were bad the year before that, even with Tyrese Halliburton. They weren't great the year before that, and they were terrible four years ago. So... Do they have momentum? Sure. They have a new coach. Half their team, more than half their team left. Do they have momentum in the transfer portal? I guess. You got some guys from Denver and Eastern Washington. Do they have some recruiting momentum? Yes. That's that's real. That exists. It Does it help that Taman Lipsy lives in Ames? Is the number one recruit in 2022 in the state? Yeah, sure it does. But we've we've gotten recruits like that too. It helped that Joe Wieskamp is from Muscatine. It helped that uh, a lot of these other guys played AAU basketball with McCaffrey boys. And hopefully that'll continue to help as we uh, as we move into you know out of the Connor McCaffrey era into the Patrick McCaffrey era and then into uh, into the younger McCaffrey era as well. Hopefully that'll continue to happen. So good for T.J. Otzelberg, good for Iowa State for having that momentum and for getting up off the rug and putting something together and getting your fan base excited. We have no idea 
how good these guys are going to be next season. And so to, to say, and, and we do know how good some of the Iowa players are. And so to say that Iowa State is somehow a better basketball team than Iowa right now, that may be the case. We may see in December that Iowa State is far better than Iowa. We don't know what Iowa's team is going to look like, and we have no idea what Iowa State's going to look like. I like TJ Otzelberger. He seems like a good dude, and I bet he's a good coach. Seems like a good recruiter, and I've been impressed by him the times I've talked to him and the times I've heard him speak. I get why Iowa State fans are excited about him. I get why uh, why Jamie Pollard hired him, and I get why recruits want to play for him. I understand all of that. They haven't done anything yet. He hasn't done much, if anything, as a head coach. He got to the tournament with South Dakota and the best player in the conference in Mike Dom, who was there when he got there. And and he had some bad seasons at UNLV. There's this jump to conclusions that's happening right now when we talk about these two programs that disgust me because it's just not based in reality. We don't know what either of these teams are going to look like next year. You know what, though? I'd rather have Keegan Murray than anybody on Iowa State's team. I'd rather have the connection that Joe Toussaint and Patrick McCaffrey have than anything that Iowa State has. Those guys haven't played together. These guys have been together for years. Fran McCaffrey values fit more than he values talent. Is that a good thing? I don't know. But it provides some chemistry, and it seems to be working okay. It sucks that we, and like I saw another guy on Twitter, and uh, I I shouldn't even look at this stuff, but like, you know, talking about Iowa's lackluster season last year. Iowa didn't have a lackluster season last year. Did it end in a way that we didn't want it to? Absolutely. Because it ended that way, was it an overall disappointment? Yes. I agree with that. It was a disappointment. I was a two seed and didn't make the Sweet 16. But we were a two seed, won 22 games, third place in the Big Ten, won a game in the NCAA tournament. So this thought that like all of a sudden because C.J. Frederick and Jack Nungy are leaving, that things are falling apart, it's just, it's patently ridiculous is what it is. We knew there was going to be a level of rebuild after this season. We could see it coming years ago. But you know what? Two years ago, if I had asked you who the best player on Iowa's team would be over the next couple of years, you wouldn't have said Luca Garza. And look what he did. This assumption that we know what's going to happen is crazy. I don't know if Iowa's going to be better than Iowa State next year. I don't know if they're going to be better than you and I or Drake. But they're not the fourth best basketball program in this state. And to say they are is a joke. They won't be the fourth best team next year, I don't think. I don't believe that. Maybe they will. Maybe it'll all fall apart. Maybe the chemistry doesn't doesn't matter. Maybe CJ was a bigger piece of all of that than, than any of us knew. And behind the scenes, it's all falling apart right now. And all the, all the recruits and transfers that Iowa wants don't want to go there because Fran McCaffrey... Uh, gets a red face every now and then, and doesn't like the transfer portal. Maybe all that's true. Maybe the the Hawkeye Compliance Twitter account tweeting an underhanded shot at C.J. Frederick on the way out the door 
is enough to turn people off. I don't buy it. I don't. I'm okay with where this program is right now. It's not perfect. And and maybe I'm a homer. I, I, I'm, I am a homer. <laughs> there's, there's no maybe. I'm a homer and I'm a Fran McCaffrey defender and I'm okay with that. And if that makes me sound dumb in a few months, then so be it. I've sounded dumb before. I'm sure if I went back, if you went back into this feed and found a podcast from six months ago, you can find something where I sound dumb. I, I talk on the radio every day, and I'm not the smartest dude in the world, so I'm going to sound dumb sometimes, and I'm okay with that. But I just don't buy into this narrative that somehow it's all falling apart and that somehow after putting the best team we've had in 30 years on the floor, staying in the top 15 all season long, the top 10 most of the season, starting and finishing fifth in the AP poll, getting a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, and yes, suffering an embarrassing and bad loss to Oregon, and yes, falling short of expectations. I just don't, I'm, I'm just not willing to throw all that away and say, because the fourth best player on the team last year isn't going to be there anymore. That it's all falling apart. I just I can't go there. So I'm going to stay optimistic. You can call me a homer. You can call, call me a fool. Uh, I'm okay. I've been called worse. I'll be called worse this week. I promise you. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm going to go ahead and end this now. We'll get to spring football press conferences at some point. I know Brian Ferentz spoke. All this stuff is up at HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, Rob Howe has videos. Uh, the, the assistant coaches who spoke today spoke about at length about the Derek Chauvin trial, the verdict there, the murder of George Floyd, and how that kind of has impacted the team and the program, obviously in light of uh, last summer and all of the, the racial uh, unrest that was happening within the Iowa football program. And so check all that out at HawkeyeNation.com. And, you know, take a breath, man. Take a few deep breaths. It's going to be okay. There's going to be a Hawkeye team on the floor next year. And we're going to cheer them on. We're going to have fun doing it. They'll lose some games. They'll win some games. Hopefully they'll win more than they lose. Hopefully they'll play themselves back into an NCAA tournament, and then we can all get pissed when they lose there. I hope you're having a great week. I hope this helped you. It helped me, so I hope it helped you a little bit. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter, at Andrew C. Downs. Tell me if you agree with me, if you disagree with me. Am I crazy? Uh, did I help you? Did I hurt you? Where Where are you at with what I think? I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.